Well, hello, and welcome to the Women in My World. Today, one of the men in my world, Alex Kendrick, is going to be joining me for the next 30 minutes to discuss everything from faith, family, to the new movie, Life Mark. I I know you guys are going to be blessed by this conversation, and I'm telling you right now, I know that everything from their ministry throughout these movies are God-honoring and intentional, but I know that you've seen Alex Kendrick in everything from Flywheel, Fireproof, Courageous. I was so blessed to star opposite of him and Overcomer. And then also the most recent movie from the Kendrick brothers is Life Mark, a true story based on a beautiful story of adoption. So without further ado, please welcome my dear friend and one of the men in my world, Alex Kendrick. Hey, Alex, welcome to the show. So excited to have you with us today. And uh, this is going to be a fantastic show, everybody. So make sure that you get seated and you're ready to listen. Um, So thank you for joining me today. Oh, man, it's great to be with you, Sherry. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, Alex, every Every episode, I believe, um, it's really important to understand how people define success. And so the first question I would love for you to, to talk about is how do you, Alex Kendrick, define success? I think uh, early on, I would have uh, boldly said I was a Christian, but yet I wanted what most people want. They want to feel successful. They want to know that they have uh, established themselves in in some kind of way. And then on top of that, if funds come in or if awards come in and you're you're getting pats on the back and people saying, oh, such a good job, that makes you feel good. But something interesting happened to me the more I got into uh, telling stories in the form of feature films and books and Scripture was jumping out at me, and the Lord was saying, uh, pointing to the passages that talk about when you see a a Pharisee or someone uh, praying on the street corners to be seen by men, Jesus said that's the only reward they'll ever get. They're not getting something from the Lord. When they are giving to be seen by men, that's the reward. And so I started thinking, Lord, I don't want to do these movies or books or speaking just to be seen by men. So that is my only reward. Lord, I want your blessing. I want to know that you you are giving me uh, what only you can give me. And so I, I struggled with that because that's a common desire to feel successful in the eyes of other people. So um, I had to arrange even in my own heart what type of success was motivating me. And and I would say today, not initially, but today I would say, I want the Lord's presence on the projects we work on. I want him to be glorified, him to do more through these projects and ministry avenues than I ever could do. And I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant when I'm standing before him. So that has become more and more a part of what drives me. And so it is hard to die to those desires, awards and finances and things like that and make the Lord first priority. I'm not saying it's wrong to make a living doing these things. I'm just saying uh, the primary thing that motivates our hearts and now motivates my heart 
um, is mm-hmm. the pleasure of the Lord. And so today, success is that God himself is pleased and uh, bearing the kind of fruit that he only can bear. And so there are, there are times when one of our films or books has been out there and someone has said, the Lord spoke to me through this. I can't manufacture mm-hmm. that. I can tell a story, but only God can change the heart. So uh, those are the kind of things we look for today. And so um, we've tasted a little bit of the awards and the, the, uh, the status that we thought would be fulfilling. And it feels good for about 15 minutes. <laughs> then it starts to fade. Yeah. And I realize, man, Lord, I just... I just want you. And um, so that that's what I would say defines success today, pleasing the Lord that he can do what he wants to do. I love that. You know, I, I have been so blessed to be part of two of your movies now with Overcomer and also Lifemark. And what I realize more and more as I step out into this career and specifically about being on set with you and Stephen and Shannon and the entire team is that these movies really are a ministry. When the way that you do things, how you invite the Lord into every decision that you make, really that truly is the success. And I love how you said that about there's no way for you to manufacture how somebody walks away uh, from what they've received through this movie. It's it's really not about all the things that we're doing. It's really about the hand of God and His presence on it. And that, at the end of the day, is ultimately the success of a project, no matter what it is that we're you know that we're working on. And and so I think that is so powerful and such a great reminder. And. Yeah, and every time I think about it as I work with um, others and specifically women in the industry, you know, we talk about this career. And so often these movies are looked upon that they're the next big stepping stone into this specific career in entertainment. And yet what we realize every day and even more so with each movie that we're able to be a part of is that really truly it's a ministry. When we actually give it up to God and ask for his glory to be on something, it's really we're removed and he's put in that, he's in that place to really do what he's going to do for those who sit in an audience and see it. And I love that perspective. I, I agree. And and you know what, what differentiates us from other projects or even filmmakers, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, but there is no other difference between you and the world, then what testimony is that? So the main thing that draws people is when the Lord does something that um, only he can do. And so the way that he can tag someone's heart or perspective um, or bring conviction or bring um, restoration or hope, the way the Lord does that is beyond what we're capable of doing. Yes, we can encourage. Yes, we can uh, show stories that are emotional. But at the end of the day, only the Lord can do that type of work on the heart. And so that's what differentiates us from the world, that, that there is a God who demonstrates who he is through his followers. And so we cannot be filmmakers, uh, authors, um, separate from the power of God and still call ourselves a Christian. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a scary thing for me now. So I, I beg God, please do not let me ever do a project without you where your grace is not poured all over it and your spirit's poured all over it. 
um, because that that is our greatest witness that mm-hmm. Jesus is Lord and the way he uses us will glorify himself. And then secondarily to that is all the other stuff. The, oh, it did this ranking on box office or it made this amount of money. That's secondary to the Lord getting glory. So I agree with you, Sherry. And, it, and it's a uh, it's uh, it's eye opening to get to that point. And, and I would even say, had you told me this 15 years ago, I would have agreed with you academically, mm-hmm. but the Lord had to do that in my heart. Yeah. And so there's certain things that I believe and know academically, but sometimes God has to do a work on your heart where that this is now what motivates me. I truly am. Okay. Not getting an award, not being the highest status if the Lord is pleased. And yeah. so um, that that took a while for me to get there, but yeah, it's it. I hope more and more people get there. I think it does for all of us because we do. There is something that human nature of ours too. It's something that is within us. And but I love that it's it, it's probably one of the biggest conversations I have with so many of the women that I work with is that you know because you know and we'll talk maybe a little bit about this the challenges that we face in this industry and so many that are living in this industry and working in it right now and how many things they're faced with day in and day out the worldly perspective of what it looks like to be a part of a project. And, you know, there's always the conversation that comes up and it's, you know, how do, how do I, um, how do I approach these certain roles or how do I deal with certain characters that I might be able, you know, ask to audition for, or, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to audition for anything anymore. And I always say, well, you know, you have to put Christ first. He has to be first. You, as when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you have to identify as his first and then all the other things come alongside of it. So, so if you can't put that up in the forefront of I'm a Christ follower first, and how would Christ feel about this as I journey into this project? Uh, and, and so that's another part of the ministry and the success that we have to walk in. And a lot of times that might not even be part of, of, you know, working as often, but we need to know that we have to honor God first. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that Jesus said to the rich young ruler, uh, uh, take up your cross and follow me. And he couldn't do it because he wanted to be right with God as long as it did not interfere with his wealth and his status. Mm-hmm. And isn't that interesting? So the, the interaction Jesus has with the rich young ruler that comes to him and says, hey, what, what, what must I do to be saved? Jesus starts with things he understood first, and he started saying, yeah, I do that command. Yeah, I do that command. So I should be good, right? And then Jesus knew what his God was, which was his wealth. And he said, would you give away everything you have, take up your cross and follow me? And he couldn't do it because yeah. his real God was exposed. Mm-hmm. So for, for me to follow Jesus Christ means I have to be okay if we do well or don't do well as long as I'm obeying the Lord. I have to be okay with getting the award or not getting an award as long as the Lord is pleased. So to take up my cross and follow God, follow Jesus, Mm -hmm. truly means there's a part of me that has to die. I am not in first place. It is not about me getting the the uh, spotlight or, or whatever, the Lord has to bear the fruit. And so, yeah, there's a, a little bit of a death that has to happen, mm-hmm. but uh, ultimately, I mean, Jesus died for us and he says, now take up your cross and follow me. <laughs> so for me, I'm, I'm understanding more today exactly what that means. 
I love it. Well, and that leads me to talk a little bit about your story and how you launched into this space of entertainment. And I would love if you would share just a little bit about what does that look like? Because this actually the passion and the desire for for making movies was part of you and Stephen and Shannon's dreams years ago. So will you share a little bit about that journey for us? Because that's not where God actually placed you first. That's right. So uh, we grew up, uh, my two brothers and I, uh, many years of our childhood, we did not even have a television. So it was a big deal to see a movie at the movie theater. Back then, they were mostly the family-friendly type of films. And I remember looking at the screen thinking, I've got to do this one day. So as we grew older, and I was growing up in a Christian home, I first had the concept, I'll, they've got to be cool, right? The, the movies have got to be cool. And, and then there'll be some Christian a- aspect to them. There could be a Christian character or somebody gets saved at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the Lord never would open a door for me to get involved. And today I know why. My perspective was all wrong. I was first worried about pleasing men and then hoping in the process God would somehow bless it, you know. And so I, I essentially was putting God last or at least not in the primary position. So uh, God said no. And from 23 to my early 30s, so about a decade, the Lord kept that door shut and it frustrated me. I was so like, Lord, you've put this desire in my heart to make movies and yet you won't open the door. And I'm so frustrated. And what the Lord was doing was slowly allowing me to die to my way of doing it Mm -hmm. and turning to him as either God, I want to do it with your blessing or I don't need to be doing it at all. So I went the ministry route, went to seminary, became a youth pastor, and did like that. I loved those years. Mm -hmm. By the time I was willing to totally die to my desire of ever making a movie, uh, I was in my early 30s, and I said, God, this is never going to happen. Just take the desire away from me. Mm-hmm. When I, when that happened is when God opened the door. My <laughs> pastor told me he was okay with me making a, a small budget film for our community. That m- movie was Flywheel. And so I made it with only volunteers, and we got it in our one movie theater in Albany, Georgia. And it was supposed to stay a week. And I was so excited just to do one small $20,000 movie and get it in one theater. And I was like, at least I got to try it. But the one thing I did right was I truly dedicated it to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't the original story I wanted to tell. Uh, I prayed about it, and God kept pointing me toward lordship. So Flywheel, our first movie, is about lordship, which Mm -hmm. I was learning myself. So when it came out, it exploded and the theater kept keeping it another week, you know, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth week. And then uh, a couple of other theaters wanted it in the region. Then the DVD, the DVD would sell faster than we could even manufacture. We ended up selling 1.3 million DVDs. And I was astonished. And the, uh, the, the response to it, this tiny little movie, uh, we didn't, we couldn't even answer all the emails. So mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people made decisions for Christ. And I was like, what's going on here? This was meant for our community and now it's exploded. Then we did Facing the Giants. Sony picked it up, put it out nationwide and uh, followed that with Fireproof and Courageous. And now they go around the world. And I I think, Lord, you did far more than I ever asked or imagined that you would do. And the Lord reminded me, Alex, I had to wait for you to get out of the way. So for 10 years, I, I said, God, I'm a Christian, and I want to make movies that I want to see, and they happen to have some Jesus sprinkled on it. Jesus and, and God you know, said, I'm not blessing that. Yeah. Your motives are wrong. 
if you want to make movies for me, ask me what I want to do. So when I did, the Lord would point us to our themes. Like Overcomer is identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. We didn't tr- just try to make a cool movie that people would like to see, and it happens to be a Christian film. No, there is a strong message on identity, identity in Christ, and War Room the same with, with the power of prayer. So the Lord had to get me out of the way to fulfill what he designed me to do, which is very interesting. And so... Um, Today, I don't want it any different. I don't, I don't need to do the movies that I want to make that make me look good. I need to do the movies that only God wants me to make so he will pour his spirit all over them. And and today, that's where my appetite lies. So it, it, it was uh, even a decades process for me. And I wish I had grown faster. I wish I would mm-hmm. say, Lord, why didn't I listen sooner and just get out of the way? But sometimes we die hard, don't we? <laughs> so, we do. <laughs> You're listening to the Edify Podcast Network. We'll be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. This is the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome back. I love that, though. You know, I have to tell you, you know, when I did October Baby, and this was this was a really interesting time for me because I remember thinking to myself, you know, here's here's my first like faith based movie. It's my first, you know, launch into this, and I had been praying for years that God would bring me people to work with in the faith world, and so I remember going and doing this movie, and I remember being so frustrated that here on the page though I was only going to be on screen for about five minutes five minutes. That was it. And I thought, you know, Lord, how could this be? And I remember after doing the movie, even thinking, you know, how, how, where is this going to be? We filmed in 2010 and the movie wasn't released. I mean, you know, out until about 2012. And I think they did a, a, a small screening at the end of 2011. And so here we were almost two years after the fact, and I was still waiting, going, okay, God, what are you doing? Because I'm thinking, I'm going to, even if I had five minutes, I'm going to be a big, somebody's going to give me another chance and I'm going to be a movie star. I'm living in Hollywood by then thinking, I'm going to be a movie star. This is going to, this is going to really hit home. And I remember um, after the fact of this movie being released, here, all of a sudden, God started taking me across the country, and all he did for two years, Alex, was send me on speaking tours, and I was out sharing my testimony with pregnancy care centers, maternity homes. Uh, I was working around the clock with the women in my world, a ministry that God had you know, put on my heart to start, and I remember just thinking, okay, Lord, wait a minute, you've called me into acting. What What are you doing? And I remember for two years going, not an audition, not a phone call, nothing. What have you done? And finally, I will never forget, it was Christmas time sitting on my couch, crying my eyes out. But it was the moment that I literally died to myself to literally hand it over to God and say, if I never get another audition again. If you never bring me another movie, you have called me to something far greater than I could have ever imagined. But I had to truly give it all up and open my hands and stop holding so tightly to something I 
was the will that the desire I had versus his will. Because again, going back to the ministry perspective, he was going to do something far greater than I can ever imagine and still to this day. And, and so he was creating, and it was so funny, Alex, because the moment that I released that perspective and really gave it up to God. I think within a couple of weeks, I got an audition and, and went and to work on a new pilot, a television show. And I thought, okay, God, that's really the way that you work. You want us to die to ourselves, to hand it over to you, to say, I'm going to walk in your will, not my desire. And I'm going to do what you call me to do, because that's what's going to, that's the glorifying of his name. So I love that. And, 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 and I think the way that not only in this industry that we see that is I've watched you and Steven and Shannon and these teams. I want to talk a little bit about, because what you do is you, you represent that also on your movie sets and the way that you do things and the way that you honor God through the process. Not only do you vet your talent, but you also vet your crew and you diligently pray about the way that the Lord is going, whatever it is that the Lord, the story the Lord wants you to tell. Can you talk to us a little bit about that process from the time that you begin praying about what that looks like, what the message is going to be, your crew, your cast, and then actually what you set um, to happen on your set is such an important part of the ministry and how you work through to bring this movie to life. Sure. So it starts with uh, acknowledging there is a difference between a good idea and a God idea. And we thought we were full of good ideas. And so today what we do is we first lay the groundwork in prayer. We go to the Lord, our whole team, and we say, God, would you guide us to the, to the stories, to the direction, the themes, the message that you want us to share through a, through a motion picture. And so sometimes that season of prayer goes for a while. It's, it's been months between movies before, but eventually the Lord will say, okay, you're, you're seeking me and I'm going to answer you. It's this direction. And so for each of the films we've done, I, I can remember the Lord saying, this is going to be about um, uh, parenting or fatherhood with courageous. This is going to be about prayer. This is going to be about identity in Christ, or this is going to be about lordship. Uh, facing the giants is faith over fear. And so the Lord would give us a theme and verses in scripture would pop off the page at mm -hmm. me. And I'd be reading and wow, the, the Lord's saying something. Uh, for example, for War Room, this movie that I did not want to make. When, when God gave me the direction for War Room, I was thinking, I, I'm not an elderly woman, and, and closets aren't cinematic. Some elderly woman prayed in a closet and teaching another woman to do the same thing. And mm -hmm. so that seemed um, uh, very uh, uncinematic. And so I was, I was thinking, Lord, this is not right. And Matthew 6, verse 6 jumps off the page at me when I'm in my quiet time. It says, when you pray, go into your inner room and shut the door and pray to your father, and your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Mm. And I'm thinking, well, that sounds like a closet. Not that it has to, I'm not saying it has to be a closet, but, but at least a place right. where you have intimate time with the Lord undistracted. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we start working on War Room, and the same thing happened with other films. So we lay the groundwork in prayer. When the Lord shows us a direction, we ask him to open the doors. We don't kick in doors we don't beat our head against the wall. Lord, if you want to open the door, we'll walk through it. If not, we're not going to kick it in. We're going to wait on you. And so he would point us in certain directions, give us ideas. We would ask for creative things people have not seen before. Mm -hmm. Started doing that with Facing the Giants. So the death crawl that people watch, that mm -hmm. was an original idea. Or the love dare and fireproof, that was an original idea. And so even an overcomer, the, the father coaching the daughter, 
uh, through the recording uh, was the original idea. Uh, we'd not seen those things in movies before. And so we ask God for those uh, original ideas. And then we start um, working and writing, researching the, the projects. When we get to production, we start off with a boot camp. And what the boot camp is, is acknowledging all of the teams that we are a family. We are not going to do like is commonly done in Hollywood, where you do your job. You don't talk to me. I'm going to do my job. I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah. Don't mess each other up. Just do your job. Uh, we do want to do a good job, but it's more of a family. So we pray together. Uh, we eat together. We uh, celebrate together the whole the whole movie. So the three months that we spend making a movie, uh, people sometimes cry when it's over because they love the family atmosphere and the Christian atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So we love making movies as a team. We don't treat producers or cast like they're way above and the crew is way below. We do not do that. We love acknowledging everybody. And at the end, we dedicate the movie to the Lord. And each time that we have done that, the Lord's done surprising things. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we want we want people to acknowledge God's fingerprints are on this movie mm -hmm. and God's presence is on this film. And so that's kind of how we do it. I can get more specific if you want me to, but it's it's a joy to do that. Yes, we work hard and yes, we strive for excellence. But at the end of the day, uh, we love working together and we want every person that touches the project to be blessed. No, and I and the, I love that. And I will tell you, I, I was interviewing Rebecca Rogers recently, who is one of the stars of Life Mark, and she was talking about a, a the movie that her and her husband made recently, and. I, I just loved it because she walked away from working on LifeMark and took so much of what you do day in and day out on set. And, and she knew and had seen the difference of it and took that and worked that into her own movie and into her set. And, and I think that's how it works. I mean, you guys are really going out there and setting the groundwork for so many of us. And I felt that same way when I was up working on my last movie. I knew that everything that had to happen had to begin in the morning to offer it up to God in order for it to flow in a way that we needed it to day in and day out. Because movie making is hard. I always tell everybody it is a tough job. Um, but it has been such a, a joy to be part of that, those sets with you all. And, you know, I, I think when I, one of the things I would ask too is you've, you've had multiple movies that you guys have done and everyone comes with a story and a ministry. Is there something with one of the movies that, you know, you just really felt like, wow, I didn't see that coming. That was such a miracle in the process. Uh, and maybe even was there something that you didn't see coming that you thought, wow, we need to make sure that never happens again. You know, the struggle of it. I'd love to start with the miracle first, brought, you know, and then and then the I, I hope that never happens again or something you've struggled with and through making movies. I would say that uh, uh, as far as God impacting people in ways we did not uh, acknowledge, that, that uh, if I'm honest, that's happened with every film. So even going back to Flywheel, this businessman that's a used car salesman, we had groups of men that started Bible studies and accountability at the level they saw in the movie. And they said, we were inspired by this movie uh, and facing the giants. There were uh, not only teams that adopted that sports philosophy, we're going to honor God no matter what, and he is the first priority, and may we never win if we do anything arrogantly that dishonors the Lord. Mm -hmm. And uh, going through facing the Giants, even even there were there was a couple of NFL teams that were using the death crawl, which was a exercise we made up for the movie, <laughs> and they end it. up using it as a part of their training camps, and we were amazed at that. Um 
uh, uh, fireproof. There were couples that were divorced or mm -hmm. heading for a divorce that saw fireproof. They ended up getting back together. Uh, for, for example, there was one gentleman that had been married. He was a, a pharmaceutical salesman that would go to nearby cities in his region. And he began having an affair in one of the cities. His wife would think he was off doing his job and he's with this other woman. And when he was in the woman's town, he decides on one of his business trips, he's going to go see a movie with her. And they went to see Fireproof, not knowing what it was about. So they're sitting in the movie Fireproof watching it. He gets so convicted when they left the theater, he has to say, this has to stop. And she said, no, or I will tell your wife. And he said, I'm going to go tell her. Wow. He told his wife, she hit the ceiling, wow. thought about leaving him. They ended up going to counseling. He truly repented. And they ended up months later renewing their vows and committing their relationship to the Lord. And he wow. he sends me this letter thanking us for fireproof. Wow. Um, courageous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the father and parenting stories we got from Courageous, I, I don't even know that I could uh, go through them all. They're incredible. Uh, they, mm -hmm. they helped people grieve that had lost a child. Mm -hmm. um, courageous uh, raised the bar for a lot of fathers. Uh, war room. We were astonished. War room about praying, yeah. you know, in, in your closet. War room. We got a, a email from a construction worker in Michigan. He said he had been asked four or five times in a row to go into homes and he was hired to expand their closets. And he was like, why is this this desire coming so often? And they would talk about turning their closet into a prayer area. And he said, it was later that I saw War Room that I understood what was going on. <laughs> um, uh, so, and then Overcomer, uh, we're now in cross country season. Yeah. And Sherry, I can't go to a cross-country match with my kids and not be stopped by numerous other coaches who came over and say, we took our whole team to see Overcomer or mm -hmm. we watch Overcomer on streaming or DVD before every race. Because wow. we talk about our attitude and mindset. And I'm just overwhelmed when I go to even uh, a local cross-country match. And so uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for what the Lord does. Uh, the, the fact that, I mean, Sherry, think about this. The movies that we've made that honor the Lord, they're out there ministering at any given time, even while we're sitting here talking. Yes. There are people all over the world that are watching these films, and we'll never know the total impact until we get to heaven. And that's probably good. We don't need to know everything, but, <laughs> but I'm amazed at what the Lord does. And when we truly honor Him with what we're doing, the fruit is beyond what we can imagine. And so, yeah, I could go all day with uh, stories of, of what, what the impact has been and people have responded to us. As far as the negative, um, I'll say this. Um, we, And again, I don't want to point out any specific people. They've never been the leads, but we have put some people in our films mm -hmm. that uh, turned out to be doing it for self-glory and uh, had somewhat of a crash mm -hmm. later on where... They um, tried to, to do it about career and about status, and the Lord shut it down pretty quick. And I was reminded watching that happen on the periphery, mm -hmm. um, Lord, please, would you guide us that the people that we put on the screen that will get some notoriety and get elevated, uh, that they are people that truly are aimed at you. There's no perfect people. There's no perfect Christian, but there are at least people whose heart does desire to honor the Lord. Yeah. And those are the kind of people we do look for and pray for to use in our films. So mm -hmm. um, 
you know, the scripture says, when you humble yourself in the, in the eyes of the Lord, he will lift you up. And so to walk confidently in him, but humbly before him is the goal. So yeah, we've, we've learned quite a few things along this, this journey. Well, and I know there, you know, when you're working on sets with so many people, you are constantly in that motion. And I know we are, we have got to wrap this up, but I want to, that just, I wanted to just talk for a minute or two about your new movie, Life Mark, because I had the pleasure to be a part of that. And even uh, just to watch again, just the incredible um, ministry that was going on on set and this true story and how many people have been touched by it. I just had I can't tell you, I couldn't even get out of church the other day, Alex, as I was walking out, I had multiple people coming up and talking to me about LifeMark and their small groups and how many times they've gone to see it and how many stories are coming out of it. So share a little bit about LifeMark and um, just because again, you had people that were, that came onto this set. I mean, even the Rebecca Rogers and Kirk Cameron, the stories that their lives actually emulate the, the, the characters in the movie. So share a little bit about LifeMark before we have to go. So Life Mark was based on a true story, an 18-year-old girl named Alyssa. Uh, she was pregnant, went to the clinic for the abortion, and uh, felt like the Lord told her to get up and leave as the procedure was about to start. She gets up, walks out, ends up placing her baby for adoption. That baby was adopted by the Scotton family mm. who could not have their own children. They adopted the baby, named him David, as David grew up in a loving home, he eventually got to meet his biological mother, Melissa, who thought he would hate her. And he wraps her up in a loving hug and says, thank you, thank you, thank you for the decision you made of letting me be adopted, letting me live. And it just melted her heart. And today she is a believer. And today she speaks around the country. David speaks as well. And David has become a lawyer who one of, one of the aspects of his uh, law law uh, law firm is he helps families adopt children. Wow. And so it is a beautiful story. And so we made Life Mark and the responses we've got are incredible. There, there are so many that have walked through uh, the abortion process that don't mm -hmm. like to talk about it for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a scar to a degree. And at the same time, we see so much healing and hope coming out of watching this movie when people, just like anything that we have to deal with, giving it to the Lord and make it, you know, getting right with the Lord and watching what Lord, the Lord does. So we're seeing restoration happen, healing happen. The, the, the stories that have come out about uh, adoption or even uh, being estranged from a family and how the Lord's working there. No two stories are exactly the same. And when you're dealing with topics like this, you're dealing with very sensitive areas. But at the same time, God is working. And so we are so grateful for what he's doing through Life Mark. And we, and we could not have even guessed this year when the movie is coming out that Roe v. Wade would be overturned, which now positions the body of Christ and churches everywhere to step out with love and compassion and minister to, to those with an unplanned pregnancy, mm -hmm. to minister to those who have maybe had an abortion or are looking for uh, healing, to minister to those who are trying to adopt. It, so it is a beautiful um, array of ministry options. And so we love what the Lord's doing. And he will continue this movie. Actually, will come out on um, streaming and digital and Blu-ray and DVD in a few months. And so we're very excited. Actually, Christmas time, uh, mid-December. So we're very excited about the Life Mark continuing around the world. 
and, um, and, and so grateful. Hope the Lord continues to use it for years to come. I love it. It's been such a, a beautiful piece that I've been able to be a part of and just the life mark that just worked in my life on this movie as well and sharing the testimony. And I have to say that, you know, I I am just grateful to always sit back and see how the love of the father is. And I, I, and that's when I go speak at the pregnancy care centers to know that we have to get to the heart of the woman. And I think the life mark actually gets right to the heart of the woman so that she understands her worthiness, that she understands how Jesus loves her in a way that he loves her so she can actually love the child she carries. And, yes. and that's a very powerful thing. And so thank you for making the movies that you do. I, I want to tell your audience one thing, and you didn't even know I was going to say this. If you are a fan of this podcast and you follow Sherry, just a piece that you won't know unless I tell you. <laughs> when we were making Overcomer and Life Mark, we asked Sherry to direct uh, a couple of scenes in each movie. Mm -hmm. And so she quietly did it, and those scenes turned out amazing. And so thank you, sir. It's always fun uh, and great, a blessing to work with you as well. May there be many more times, but but uh, I, I hope that people, when they watch these movies, uh, try to figure out which scenes did Sherry direct because they're good scenes. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Alex. I You definitely, that's a whole nother topic someday that we get to talk about. And I just love sharing what, how you and, and Stephen and Shannon, and you just, you've championed me. And I just am so thankful for that. And, and I couldn't, I couldn't be where I'm at today doing what I'm doing without you. And, and I just really appreciate that. And so I, yeah, I, I hope everybody is reminded that they watch these movies and are reminded the ministry and the hand of God that is on them and how they can pass them to each, to others and see what God is doing with people's lives and how they change people's lives. Um, I, I tell Matt all the time, I said, if I never, ever do anything again, as long as I'm making movies that glorify God, number one, that's, that's the mission. And number two, if I just keep working with the Kendrick brothers, I'm good. I don't have to do anything else. And Matt says to me, I agree with you. <laughs> so my husband is in full, you know, he's like, yes. So anyway, thank you. And thank you to, I just want to say too, you guys are always so good to my hubby and my family and just, you're always praying and staying connected with us and just so grateful over that. And we love just watching how you guys do marriage and life and church and everything. It's just an honor. Well, thank you, Sherry. Great to talk to you. And if you've watched this far, thank you for watching. God bless you guys. Alex, thank you so much for being with us today. I know that everybody that's listening, they are going to be blessed and empowered by this conversation. So thank you. Ladies, make sure that you download the Edify app and you share it with a friend. Keep listening, keep encouraging and inspiring all of the women in your world. You will want to share this message with everyone you come in contact with because I know that these messages empower, inspire, and activate those to continue to do God's will, serving Him through the powerful Word and their ministries. So thank you for joining us for another Women in My World. Mm -hmm.